Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hello, welcome to Podcast Rewind. I'm Amy, sitting with my co-host, Erica. Hey. It's a gorgeously oppressive hot evening (laughs) in Central Florida, isn't it, though? Um, Central Florida, or do you mean the surface of the sun? The fucking sun. (laughs) I mean, if you looked outside... It's pretty. It's gorgeous. There's not a cloud in the sky. The sun's been shining all day. What I wouldn't give for a rainstorm. (laughs) So my office, for some reason, and like we've got these open spaces on the third floor of my building, mm-hmm. it's very Google, you know, Silicon Valley kind of stuff. The fluorescent lights above my entire row went oh, no. out, and so everyone else's oh. lights were on, but it was dim, and oh. it just, it made me feel like whenever there is a storm outside, you know how our office always gets so dark, Yeah, and it kept tricking my brain that it was like going to storm because it was just so dark in our office. And then I kept looking outside and I'm like, no. So you sit under fluorescent, like, strip light? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Like a stripper? I mean, it's... No, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I know you know way more about lighting than I do. It's not... I don't know if it's incandescent. <laughs> I know... When you turn it on, does it go blink, blink, buzz, buzz, probably? <laughs> well, do you think oh. I'm there early enough to turn the lights on? What's wrong not, with you? It's not part of your job description to <laughs> no. flip on the lights in the morning. They're censored, supposedly. That, like, when you come into the area, they'll flip oh. on. But for some reason, our entire row was off, and everyone was complaining. And I always have a lamp at my desk. I was like, click. I'm fine. I was like, I'm fine, guys. I got it. I like the warm glow. Not yeah. The cool tone overhead lighting. Yeah. It's way better for my skin tone. Of course. It's better for my work selfies. Do you ever take selfies at work? Unfortunately, yes, I do. <laughs> I used to all of the time, and my like Amazon photos that are always like, here's a photo you had a year ago, are just blatant work selfies from an office. And yeah. in the last year since I've been in like cube land, you cannot take a selfie in a cube. Not unless you, you shouldn't. just don't fucking care. Yeah, I... <laughs> like, you. That is a blatant move. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> in an office of people. Yeah, I have... Not had the guts yet to, to do it. In Nor should season. you. Yeah, it's only really. been a week in the job. They don't need to know who I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, wean them in slowly. <laughs> we went to lunch last week, and I had this gorgeous salad. And I was like, well, this is who I am. Took out my phone, took a photo of the salad. <laughs> and they were like, what? I was like, I just still like, do show it. people what I ate. I'm not going to – I didn't put it on the internet. No. Because my mom was like, tell me about your lunch. And so it was easier to just like send her a photo. I had this salad. So there's this new show on TLC that I think I'm going to watch uh-huh. called Smothered. Yes. And it's about yes. mothers and daughters who are too, too close. close. Yes. And I'm just wondering if maybe you and Eileen should apply for season two. Oh. Well, yeah. If we get paid, we can like really go all in on this. <laughs> go all in on this mother-daughter relationship. 100%. <sighs> um, you know what I like to do with my mom? I know what you like to do with your mom. I like to have a glass of wine with my mom. So? Yay!
Cheers. Cheers. It's time for drink of the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Amy, what you sipping on? You know, I've, I've once again themed my drink to the show. I love a sense beverage. We're going to be talking about, like, the most rosé of all shows yeah. later on, The Bachelor and Bachelor Nation. I'm having Dark Horse Rosé. That's a really good one. It is, but I just got spoiled because I had the most delicious rosé from Trader Joe's, of all places. No, not of all places. Of places. Well, of places. They have great wine. They, they do. I wasn't trying to put Trader Joe's oh, no, no. down. But, um, I mean, that was just like the, just the, I think that might be my favorite rosé that I've, that I've ever had, at least in recent memory. Yeah. And then I just took my first sip of this one and I was like, oh, it's very fruity. Oh no. So it's not that it's bad, but I just, I'm like craving that other one. Yeah. You know? I'm having also a rosé. Though when I look at ours together, mine is a little, see, lighter and a little bit more rose gold. Mine's a little too pink. Yeah. This is a strawberry. Ugh. This is a French one as well from, it's a really fancy place, Le Wall Greens. Is that the Wall of Greens? The Wall of Greens. The Green Wall? The Green Wall. And it's, I think it was like La Via Firm or something. I know there's a chicken on it and I know it's from France and it's really good. Well, good. It's dry. It's not fruity. It's pretty floral. I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, let's, let's get into it here. What are you obsessed with? And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? So, um, it has been a long time on my blog since I did my series, She's a Boss. Mm -hmm. I think the last one I did was maybe me a year ago when I lost (laughs) my job and I like profiled myself like a maniac, but, um, (laughs) I dropped a new post today over on my blog featuring Marissa Clark, who we both have listened to for years on one of the local radio stations here in Central Florida, Johnny's House. And she had opened up recently on Instagram about um, her mental health and how she was really making it a priority in her life. And I super loved that. So I reached out and was like, slid into her DMs. And I was like, hi, we have a friend in common. Um, She said that we would get along. Any chance I can profile you on my blog? And like the sweetheart was like, yes, absolutely. And I was like, lovely. I'm being so creepy. Like, thank you so much. So we met up a couple weeks ago at Panera and we just shot the shit. We had a great conversation. She was so kind. And um, I think we like talked for half an hour about blog stuff and then just like mic off, just Fine. talk about anything and everything it was so good. So I got to um, drop her post today and like, she just said the kindest things. She was like, you're so talented. And I was like, oh my God, writing about you is so easy. You know, you know, when you have to like compliment, you like get into that compliment chain where yes. you just go back and forth. You can't break it until someone's like, thanks and runs away. <laughs> So yeah, so talking over, talking over. So no, it just felt really good to um, write about other really rad women and introduce them to other people, and just always good to flex that journalism muscle I paid so much for. Fantastic. (laughs) Yes, Amers. I I'm obsessed with two things. They're both female related. Oh, perfect. Okay, so first of all, um, you know how last week my obsession was the Jailbirds show on Netflix. Yeah, it like ended. I mean, or I watched all of the episodes that are available right now, and I was mourning it, and then Netflix was like, hey, do you want to watch this new show about jail? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) I definitely want to do that. (laughs) So I'm now obsessed. Trying not to spit out my wine. With girls girls incarcerated. Jesus. I wanted to say girl interrupted because I think they're playing on that. Girl incarcerated. Girls incarcerated. So this is about, like, 12 to 17-year-old girls in juvie. Oh, and sad. like they have this like badass guy teacher who 
you know, gets them in line and like gets them to go to school. And, um, I'm obsessed. I have a jail problem I think so. because uh, my love after lockup is about to come back. And like, <laughs> I really am counting down. I can't have wait. Have we ever talked on the show? Your about, lo- about love after lockup? No, oh. you most certainly have talked about love after lockup. Yeah. Have we ever talked about how, when you read Orange is the New Black, cause you read the book, I, right? I did. And the, what did you say to us? I, I think I'd like to go to prison. <laughs> it seems real nice. <laughs> Hear me out, <laughs> listeners. I, I had this dream for a while where, look, I wasn't super happy with how my job was going at the time. Yeah. And all I read in that book was that, like, she learned some new skills in the electricity line of work. <laughs> but she mostly did yoga and read all day. So, like, she came out with a rock-hard body, <laughs> as did Teresa Giudice, by the way. She did. She read all the books that she wanted she, like, sat and thought about her life and reevaluated. I was like, it basically seems like a day spa with bad shoes. Yeah. And I kind of want to go to jail. <laughs> Just for, like, you know, can, do they, nine can, months. Like, can they make rosé hooch? <laughs> I think, yeah, they make toilet hooch. I can still drink. But will they have a rosé or a pinot grige? Or is I'm, it just, you need to drink this raw, like, gut rot? You know, in a pinch, I can drink some weird shit. <laughs> Um, I'm also obsessed with another thing. Yes. So we did our show two weeks ago about Britney Spears. Spears. Yes. And is Britney okay? What's going on with her conservatorship? Right. And we focused a lot on that podcast, Britney's Graham. Yeah. I think those girls are amazing. But look, Britney posted today. So now I'm following Britney too, of course. She posted some bananas bullshit today. That I am, like, obsessed with. And I can't wait now to listen to Britney's gram next week. Oh. But Britney, like, she posted two videos to the same post. And the first one is her looking in the camera with, like, raccoon last night's club makeup, it looks like. Her, like, clip-in hair extensions askew to say (laughs) it nicely. And she's like, some of you all don't think that I post to my own Instagram. But guess what? You're wrong. I made this next video yesterday. (laughs) It's, first of all, remember how we were talking about how we think that, like, other people might be yes. posting as her? She was like, look, I post myself. And then you go over to the next video, and it's this odd, <laughs> odd video of Britney in three different dresses, like, not of the same, but, like, cut together. And she's in this pink dress, leaning up against a balcony wall, just mugging. <laughs> and then she's in this blue dress, and she's humping the air. And these, like, tall-ass stripper shoes. She loves that. And then she starts doing pretend runway catwalking. She loves that. It's bananas. It's who she is. I, so now I'm like, maybe she's not as sane as I fought for a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Look, Britt, I still am here for you. I still want the best oh, for you. Oh, the words of Tyra Bank. But your Insta... We're rooting for you. Girl, your Insta got me like, what? She's done those kind of videos in the past, though. Those runway videos mm-hmm. of her. And I don't know who's recording them. Yeah, that's my other question. And then who's letting her post them. That's my question. I mean, it is a little messed up. Brit. Yes. Um, I mean, in one way, keep it coming for me. <laughs> in the other way, don't. It's not a good look. Oh, yeah, no. no. She can't be trusted with hair extensions. <laughs> clippings. They're clippings. <laughs> They're just, I can't. The I woman can't. has $56 million to her name, and she's clipping in hair. She's clipping in her hair. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, what I'm obsessed with. Listen, rightfully so. I just, these are the things that got me this yeah, week. I hear you. Um, all right. Let's lean in. You lean ready? it in. 
Okay. Are you excited? Because I'm excited about this one. I brought it up to you. You did. Last week in like light bulb, because we always talk about what questions we've got going on in our head. And right. I asked you, Amy, are we breaking up with The Bachelor? And you did that. <laughs> and you know what? There's a new season of The Bachelorette right now. With Hannah B. With Hannah B. from Alabama. And I think her third episode aired last night. I've seen zero seconds of this season. Mm-hmm. And it's on my DVR. I yeah. have access to it. But every time I kind of like hover over the play button, I'm like, mm, nope, and I pick something else. Yeah. So you asked me that question, it, it like a knife to the heart. I had to face reality that for many reasons, um, y- yeah, I think maybe I'm breaking up with The Bachelor. Yeah. And how do I feel about that? Why am I doing it? Let's talk about it. Because, listen, you have a lot of T-shirts about The Bachelor, so it is part of your brand identity. I just got one in 2019. Literally just got one. Best friend. I did not purchase, by the way. Best friend of the pod gave it to me. I think that's my only one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why did I think you have more? I don't have a stock of Bachelor (laughs) T-shirts. Cats. 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 T-shirts. Cat shirts. (laughs) And mimosa shirts. I only have one Bachelor shirt. Sorry. Uh, But, yeah, so, I mean, The Bachelor came out... Forever ago, it, you know. I remember premise, distinctly in high school. Yeah, we had the Bachelor Alex, who you know was him. a millionaire. Which, by the way, you knew his bank account was like one comma zero 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 comma zero zero one ninety nine cents. <laughs> ninety nine cents. Like he had just clipped over into yes. millionairehood, and these women were vying to marry him, and they they were all substantial professional women in their late twenties. He was in his thirties. It was. Groundbreaking back in the day. 100%. There had never been a dating show before. Um, I believe Survivor had just started mm-hmm. a few months prior. And that was the first reality show where they introduced the concept of voting each other off. Or like contestants being eliminated. Yeah. And like a competition style yeah. reality show. And so I think The Bachelor was the second ever competition reality show. But they surrounded it or they marketed it as this like love show. Yeah. That everyone just didn't know what to do with it. And I think that first season, we all tuned in out of pure fascination. Absolutely. And, you know, it continued on for a couple more seasons with, you know, ba- like Bachelors who were millionaires. At Little Firestone, Firestone. Which Doctors. I could get in that ring. Fire, Yes, exactly. But football players. Exactly. Little like, princes. Literal princes. And then it started to spin off other shows on Fox, like Joe Millionaire. Yeah. And other people who were, saw the concept but then took it really cheesy and just something that you couldn't, what's the word I'm looking for? Keep watching for more than a season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like two Joe Millionaires. eh. But The Bachelor kept us going. It was a, who is going to be the new guy? Who are going to be the new 20 women vying for this gentleman? Right. And certainly there was, I remember there was noise about like the sexism of it back Mm -hmm. then. There's one man and you're going to force 25 women to fight over him. And I think they combated that after season three of The Bachelor, they started the Bachelorette. Yes. So Trista, who had been on that first season, but came in number two, Yep. Um, became the very first Bachelorette. So now we had 25 men all trying to date the same woman. And it's like, see, we're not sexist. It's equal opportunity. And the people who were fans, I think, did get to go, yay, I don't have to feel bad. I just get to watch. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't problematic by any means. But right. the show you and I first started watching is not the show that is currently airing right now. Not even a little bit. And a lot of people have taken notice, one being Kelly Ripa. 
Yes. Who came out recently. Ryan mentioned that they were going to have Hannah the Bachelorette on the show in like the coming week. And she was like, you know what? Listen, I'm not quiet about it. The show disgusts me. I just don't think it's right that 25 amazing, beautiful, great women should be vying and fighting over a guy who's only meh. Yes. And it's like, yeah. So that sparked a whole controversy. So, the, well, the next thing that happened is Chris Harrison, the longtime host of The Bachelor, and Mike Fleiss, the executive producer, tweeted at Ripa and insinuated basically that because their show is on ABC, that they're paying her paycheck. Like their show is so superior to hers. Exactly. So, what Kelly Ripa said is I can't stand the idea of 25 exceptional women fighting over one ordinary fellow, in my opinion. You know how I feel, ladies. We are too special to be arguing over a guy and calling the audience out for watching that show, that gross, gross show. Yes. So then, yes. Chris Harrison goes on to say, look out, hashtag Bachelor Nation, at Kelly Ripa is coming after you and your disgusting Monday Night Habit. Mm-hmm. To which, like you said, Mike Fleiss followed up and basically was like, we're paying your salary. But here's what I found out recently. Mm-hmm. So insider sources are <laughs> saying people at ABC are basically laughing at these two. Trying sure. to fight Kelly Ripa, who has become the darling of ABC. Yeah. But more people have come out recently. Ellen Pompeo, mm-hmm. she came out. Oh, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. And she kind of really started, like, a huge conversation. A lot of other people jumped in on saying, okay, at Fleissmeister, that's some handle, bro. Your <laughs> show Mike does Fleiss. not pay at Kelly Ripa's salary. Also, we don't attack successful women on our network, and men certainly cannot take credit for their success. Don't get me started on your show, because I am savage. Hashtag Bachelor so white. Right, which the lack of diversity on The Bachelor has been a major criticism yeah. for a long time. And not only ethnic diversity, but body types. Yes. And, um, uh, you know, it's long past due for at least a gay, if not a bisexual bachelor or bachelorette. Yeah. Now, I will say that Hannah B. came out and said that, you know, while she didn't think that the show was about women fighting, she totally understands that Kelly Ripa is entitled to her own opinion. Where some other former bachelors had things to say, Colton, of all people, how mad is Kelly Ripa going to be when The Bachelor wins an Emmy this year? Hashtag thank you for your consideration. And the fact that this moron (laughs) picks up The Bachelor is going to be up for an Emmy. Does he know how many Emmys Kelly has? Exactly. First of all, I I bet he doesn't actually think that they're going to get an Emmy but he is dumb enough to think that that was a sick burn. <laughs> Seriously. Like Kelly needs some aloe now. Right. But, like, this is definitely what spurred up in the pop culture world that I was like, yeah, I'm, guys, I'm over the show. I'm not watching anymore. I told you the other day, The Bachelor, to me, is friends with benefits. Yes. I will catch an episode here and there, but, like, I'm not committed to a full season. And it's been a long time since I committed. Oh, yeah. It has for you. Now, look, I, I am going to come I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I am a huge supporter of yeah. Bachelor, all things Bachelor Nation. So I'm not sitting here with a totally opposite opinion. I still do love The, the Bachelor, that gross, gross show, as Kelly said. I love the concept. I love the fun and the trash. But what I'm saying is I think that they're starting to give me such bad quality television, and I'm starting to wonder some things. Can I first... I have some real thoughts about the Kelly Ripa tweet. Yeah. So... Not tweet. She said it live on air. I'm sorry. Thank you. She did say it live on air, and then a tweet feud ensued. But I think two things about it. 
I think, first of all, that is incredibly ungracious to do to her upcoming guest. Because mm-hmm. how is Hannah supposed to feel about going on this show now? Whether or not Hannah's getting a bunch of attention right now, Kelly Ripa is a major celebrity. Exactly. And Kelly said at the top of that little monologue, Ryan Seacrest said, we're having Hannah Brown on the show this week. And Kelly actually said, I don't know who or what that is. That's rude. She must just just say it that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's rude. And then um, not only... So that's my first point. Yeah. My second point is she went after the show, but she also went after the fans of the show and shamed us for liking it. And I find that distasteful as Mm -hmm. well. I find that very um, uh, self-righteous. Like, Kelly, don't you like some things that are problematic, yeah. maybe, or, you know, trashy? I know that she, I, I know that she does. Look, her husband does Lifetime movies. And I have thoughts about that, but I'm not coming for you, Kelly. He is on Riverdale now. <laughs> but, you know, Which no like, kind of going back to a conversation we had a couple weeks ago, let people have their thing. Agreed. Now, if you, if Kelly truly doesn't, if she has a moral issue with that show, then she needs to talk to her executive producers about booking those guests and say, I really would prefer that you don't, or, or I refuse to interview those people because I have a moral issue. Yeah. But to trash your guests before they've even been on the show, I think was, uh, I think that was nasty. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting because I think we all know Chris Harrison has come on the show before and been like a guest host. See, and that's the thing. Chris Harrison has several times guest hosted with Kelly. Yeah. And I, I have this strong memory of her, like, emphatically liking The Bachelor in, like, a long time ago. Yeah. Now, look, people's opinions can change. Absolutely. But I had no idea she had that opinion, because I remember her liking The Bachelor, and I know Chris Harrison comes on the show. Yeah, they're great together. And I think that I his, guess that's over, right? I don't know. His, I thought his tweet and response was joking, too, and just kind of like a jab, but not, like, mm, directing maybe. me and, like, careful, Bachelor Nation. Kelly Ripa's coming for your gross show or gross habit. Yeah. You know, I think he, he probably, I think he took offense to the gross word because I think I take offense to it. Yeah. I mean, there are aspects of it that are gross. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) No, and I I know that I'm not, you know, point counterpoint by any means, but I do think that the show has just changed so drastically from the show we all loved back in the day and we were rooting for people and now it seems, and this is my issue, which is why I really kind of stopped watching. I didn't feel like I was getting a great quality show. I felt like I could not watch one more 23-year-old cry that she didn't think she was ever going to get married. Yeah. The older I got, the less I really needed to hear somebody else say that so much younger. Um, the men were getting older, but the women were getting younger. It was yeah. just so many things that were just, to me, a little off-putting. Mm-hmm. And then... Just, like, the whole, like, I don't know, like, did you say I love you? And, like, where are you going to go in the relationship? How do you see everything? And it's like, I don't know. Because I've met six times. I think the older I got, the more I really understood the show. And knowing from recaps, podcasts, everybody talking about it and getting a better understanding and a better sense of the show. But by the time you do get proposed to, maybe you've hung out six or seven times. True. And just being like, oh, are we doing this still? Well, that's always been true. But that's what I'm saying. The older I get, the more I actually understand it. Sure. Um, I I do agree that the show has become so formulaic. Mm -hmm. So has Survivor. But, you know, to this, into the way that the girls are, the girls are the contestants, I should say, 
are coming in with strategy. Yeah. Like, for instance, last season on The Bachelor, Colton, the virgin bachelor, and by the way, that was disgusting. If I had to hear that man was a virgin one more time, I really was going to lose it. There are other aspects of his personality. He just happens to be a virgin. I'm not sure that there are, but you should have tried to figure that (laughs) out before you cast him. charitable. Before you cast him as the lead of your show. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was so clear that his contestants... There were two of them that came in and decided either one of us is going to marry him and one of us is going to be the bachelorette. And half of that plan worked because at least the Cassie girl won, but you could tell she wanted bachelorette so bad. And then there's plenty of other girls that are, sorry, again, contestants because the men do it too, that come on that have zero interest in actually finding love, but they are there to get Instagram followers. And then again, with the formula of the show, All of these people know if I can get to X amount of weeks, I get to travel. If I get to X more amount of weeks, then I get to start going on the kinds of dates where I might get a pair of shoes or a dress out of it. Uh If I get on X number of dates, I bring him home to my family, and that's where I really make some great screen time. And now I know I've got a real shot at Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise as another um, trope or another show that they are all vying to be on after their, you know, all but certain elimination mm-hmm. <laughs> because only one person gets picked at the end. Yeah, and that's why I think some of my favorite seasons are like Juan Pablo was a complete asshole. Yes. But he refused to follow any of the rules. Yeah. And in the end, he picked a girlfriend, not a fiance. He wouldn't even tell her he loved her. So while like I hated him, at least the show was so exciting to watch because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Whereas I always elsewise, elsewise, Otherwise, 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 yeah, know exactly what's going to fucking happen. And it's so funny that it was news, quote unquote news, that Juan Pablo didn't propose to this basic stranger. <laughs> and we, <laughs> everyone was like, we've got to be mad at Juan Pablo. And it's like, but actually, if you think about it, after six dates, he just defined the relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's fine. He broke up with all of his other the girlfriends <laughs> and said, are, will you be exclusive with me? And here we are putting his face all over People Magazine and being like... Calling him trash. Calling him trash and being mad at him. And <laughs> in fact, he's one of the few bachelors that finished the show thinking that girlfriend ultimately broke up. Oh, months later. And then I believe he's just gone back to his life and is living his best life and he's out of... Well, he was um, a professional soccer player. Yes. So I think he just went back to, I think, Argentina, where he was from. He just went back to that. So, and that's what's weird, to think that you do the show, you're done, and you go on and you live your life, because... That's not what happens. That's not what happens. Unfortunately Um, for all of us. This long list in front of me Mm -hmm. are all of the podcasts that former contestants or bachelors or bachelorettes have now. Right. We're talking over 15 shows... The Vile Files with Nick Files, Nick Vile, Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. I don't know who Jess is, but Becca was the 21-year-old. Maybe Becca. From Ari Lewandykes. Jade and Carly from Forever Ago have Mommies Tell All. Yeah. I mean, we're going on and on. Wells is on Prattcast with Stephanie Pratt, but also on Your Favorite Thing with Brandy yes. Cyrus. I mean, I've popped up on this show before. Yeah. I Don't Get It in Almost Famous with Ashley I. Kennedy, Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow, Can Go Away. Anytime now. Um, here's, I did write this down especially for you. Non-Ambiguous with Jordan Kimball. Oh. Your favorite. 
from oh my god, I love Jordan <laughs> as the model from, from um, Becca's season of The Bachelorette. Yeah, he was delightful. Yeah, I mean it goes on and on and on. I will even call out the lady gang kind of because Kelty was on Brad Womack's first season and got season kicked one. off night one, and so she even jokes around. She's a an ex Bachelor podcast part so of the nation. We're talking about fifteen podcasts. I think Betches or someone put out a photo of. Colton's season last year, like that first night photo with him and 25 women, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, welcome America to your newest podcast host. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so like, just because there is no sincerity in most of the contestants anymore, they either want to go on more Bachelor shows after this, yep. or they want a podcast, or they, they want their sliver of fame yeah. more than they're interested in dating somebody, and it shows yeah it just shows and I think that everybody who watches this a little bit knows it's weirdly incestuous this cast so in the beginning when they're casting like legitimate somebody who you would really call now that's an eligible bachelor um Alex from season one Andrew Firestone from season three um Bob Guinea was kind he was the first cast off yeah that did a bachelor show because obviously the first two bachelorettes were Krista and then Meredith yeah. Bob was on her show and then he became the next bachelor, but he really did have like his own career and he um went up breaking into soap operas yeah. after that and Dude, had hosting. a band. But he had already kind of been working in the industry. But then that's where we started this like terrible Yep. Recycling. Ball- recycling. So it just becomes at the end of the season, the host or the lead of the show picks their Love, I'm using air quotes. Yeah. And the second or the third runner up becomes the next bachelor or bachelorette. And then if you think about it, they run through their people, and then the next loser becomes the new bachelor or bachelorette, and so on and so on and so on. And there are so many Eskimo brothers and sisters. <laughs> now, on yep. these shows, it's a little disgusting. Yeah. The kind of cute part of it is that so many of them, like, cast-offs do go to cast parties and things afterwards, and a lot of them have wound up marrying each other yes. later on, which is kind of sweet in its own way. But look, you also have, like, a hundred hot people of either gender Someone's going to bang and someone's going to get married. I mean, but it is, it's become a very low quality lead anymore. Yeah. Hannah B, the current bachelorette, is 23, straight out of college. And the one thing we knew about her in her first date with Colton is that she literally couldn't speak to him. Yeah. And now this woman is starring, flagshipping, <laughs> the Monday night primetime show I need to on know. ABC television. Yeah, but I need to know what that media training looked like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And she was a pageant girl, too, so when she couldn't speak, we were, everyone was confused. It was alarming. It was alarming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, all I could think about when prepping for the show is that the show is just no longer about somebody finding love. It's just not. It it's, has, it's fake. It's pretending to be about that, but it's not about that anymore. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, and going back to that Ellen Pompeo tweet where she said, hashtag Bachelor so white, that really did start a couple of years ago. There was a demand yeah. for way more diversity mm-hmm. in the leads, in The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And, you know, they did cast Rachel Lindsay after... She was on Nick's. Nick's season, and she was the first black bachelorette. And she did great. I did not watch. I heard she was great. She's still with her guy, which is awesome. And then that was it. And yeah. Mike Fleiss went, did I'm it. done, did Check. it. But Check. people kept demanding more, you know. 
we saw on Rebe- Rebecca. Rebecca. The Watch What Crappens guys always called her Rebecca instead of Becca, yeah. and I just thought the formality was hilarious. <laughs> Becca had a guy on her show, Wills, who we thought was just the coolest guy ever. He was And rad. we were championing for him to be the first black bachelor, and we got... Colton. A virgin who cannot drive. Literally. Like, literally. This guy is so bland, he makes rice, plain white rice, sound tasty. Exactly. And so... When your fans have been asking for change and new and different and you just say, yeah, but insert good-looking, white, young, attractive guy, Mm -hmm. it feels like the producers actually don't care about their fans. True, but counterpoint and question, I actually don't think the, like, die-hard Bachelor Nation fans were asking for that. I think critics of the show we're asking for more diversity. Maybe they and were just louder. Asking Bachelor producers to be more reflective of yeah. um, diversity on the show. And it's not that they only... It's, it's true that they, they do cast diverse candidates in the big pool that begins every season. And it tends to be that the lead themselves weeds out any yeah. diversity candidates and you get a bunch of wind, white, bland <laughs> people at the end. And so that's what you pick. And, you know, Rachel Lindsay was... I didn't watch her season, actually, because I was so done after Nick Vile's season yeah. that I did need a break before I came back. But um, I'm not I'm not sure that the diehard Bachelor fan was actually the one asking for the diversity. I think that if you ask them, they might retweet and be like, yeah. But mm-hmm. I think it was the smart, I think it was the Kara Browns of the world that were really reflecting that back on the producers and shaming them into doing it. Got it. You know, I, I think that's yeah. my, that's what I recall of it. I may be wrong, but that's how I remember it. Yeah, I mean, I, it wasn't um, a hashtag I was following closely. I just know it was sure. a big conversation. I didn't, I'm, I'm sure Kara Brown from Keep It probably talked about it at one point in time on their show. And they talked about the whole Kelly Ripa drama of it all on this week's episode of Keep It called Kelly Ripa to Shreds. I think that's funny. It was hilarious. They do title their shows well. I'll yeah, give it to them. It's probably Lewis, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. That man's got a silver tongue. He's uh, clever and Lewis witty. is my favorite. He's and my... not because he's white, no. you guys. No. <laughs> it's because he knows. Because he doesn't annoy me like he has He knows facts about everything. everything. The man he's knows everything. so funny. Did you hear this week? Sorry, side Sidebar. tangent for everyone else. The guest host they had on this week, he made a comment about a movie, and he was like, oh, the last time that actress was in a movie, she played April in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the girl looked at, like, he's like, what are you talking about? Do you mean the live action from 1992? And he's like, yeah, keep up. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that is who this man is. I bow to you, sir. <laughs> he's like, yeah, keep up. It gets better. And like, he was going. I was this like, is how this goes. <laughs> like, this is what this man knows in his head. Last time I saw that woman, she played April. Oh, so good. That That's a memory. That is a steel trap memory. Oh my god, he's so funny. But anyway, yeah, I didn't recall that hashtag. I think it was just probably conversations between my own friends in regards to looking for more diversity on the show. But then again, I tend to keep friends who have the same thoughts and opinions as me and yeah. nobody challenged. Which I, I fully agree on. I guess here's how I kind of feel about all of it. I don't mind that The Bachelor is a trash show. I watch a lot of trash. <laughs> so, like, I'm not going to start judging there. No, yeah. I think that I've come to realize, and especially it's clear to me now, that because I have zero excitement to watch Hannah B's season of The Bachelorette, but I do feel like I'm missing out. And it's because 
I like being part of this Bachelor fandom. Yeah. Because I love the funny recap articles. I love the funny Bachelor podcasts. And I don't, not the ones that you just read. No. But like Rose Pricks and um, Rose Before Bros and a couple of those other like snarky, make fun of everybody Uh recap shows. I love that. And I like... I like going into Twitter and knowing the joke when yep. people are hashtagging about The Bachelor. And so I realized by not watching Hannah's season that I'm missing that ancillary part of being a fan more than I actually miss the show. Because the show is... So, like, Aries season, for example, or Ari. <laughs> I was really excited because I remember liking him from when he was on Emily's, Emily's season. And immediately I was like, oh, no, you're trash. <laughs> but the contestants were funny. Yeah. But literally by the end of his season, I was I was done. Mm-hmm. Now, he had that finale that at least was binge TV worthy. Yeah. Where he dumped his girlfriend live on air and then, like, fiance. Pro- pro- his fiance, yeah, and then proposed to his runner-up. I mean, look, that'll get you some ratings. And Absolutely. I was, I was there for it. But I, I think I am coming to terms with the fact that the show itself – it is too formulaic. Mm-hmm. I have seen all of these people before. Um, and it's just not as much fun as, like, the other part of being a fan is. And so maybe this is, like, for me, not a uh, an easy breakup. Like, for you, you fell out of love. Yeah. I'm still in love, but I know that this is not healthy. <laughs> So I need to cut this loose yes. so that I can find true happiness with another show. Right. You know what? You just made me think of something. How like. I'm sorry. I'm done laughing at myself. Yes. It was hilarious. Just ask her. I got myself. Oh, I make you laugh. Um, no, what you talked about with the formulaic and like you've seen these people before. Mm-hmm. We've seen a blonde Lauren. We've seen this. Stuff. It reminded me at the end of American Idol's streak on Fox. Before it went to ABC. Bad choice, ABC. Bad choice, y'all. Love you, but come on. No, like, literally love you. Have to. <laughs> um, but towards the end of American Idol, I had read on, I wanted to say, like, Entertainment Weekly or something. They did a recap, and they are like, oh. And then WGWG walked up on the stage, and it was white guy with guitar. And every time he turned around, another white guy with a guitar was winning the show. Yeah. And it was like, seen you before. Oh, your name was Lee, and then your name was... Philip Philip, and then you were crit, like, seeing yeah. you guys, and yeah. it's like, you have to stop after a while, like, we can't get out of that pattern, so you just have to end the show. Yeah, yeah, or shake things up dramatically, you know, I, I know that it's prime time on ABC, and that's still kind of deemed as a more conservative time slot, but a gay bachelor would bring me back in a heartbeat yeah. of either, of either gender, um, or somebody that's bi, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think that there are many new dating shows coming out because, now, I will sidebar and say, again, I love trash TV. Yeah. I am watching Vinny and Pauly D's dating show on MTV called A Double Shot at Love, and I find it delightful. So it's not that I'm over this formula per se, nor do I have a problem with watching multiple people of one gender try to date one or only two people of the other and having them weed it out, I don't mind it. Yeah. It's like I mind this bachelor stuff because it's not fresh anymore. Yeah. Stale. Yeah, it's stale. And it's, um, they're going for like the lowest hanging fruit. Like Colton being a bachelor last season. Yeah. And, you know, and this season it's like, I don't know what Hannah's thing is, but Becca's whole thing was she got dumped by 
her fiance. And every single week we were talking about that. Yes. I feel like I had another point and I lost it in there somewhere. That's okay. What can you do? So, Amy, I have a serious question for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're going through mm-hmm. the breakup. I mean, yeah. I'm it's tough. I'm past the ice cream stage, the crying. Uh, you know, every now and then I'm looking on Instagram at my ex, but for the most part I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You're working on getting there. Are you ready to rebound, would you say? I'm ready to rebound. Mm-hmm. So, but if you did have to go back and you had to be on a show, yeah, would you be on Nick Vile's season? Uh-huh. Ari Lewandyke's season? Uh-huh. Or crystals. <gasps> I hate Free the murder. Now, <laughs> that's an incredible question. I will answer it. But look at this. I wrote down on my paper. I wanted to ask you those things <gasps> about the exact same contestants, except you put in crystals and I, I put would... in Juan Pablo for you. Best friend alert. Are we best friends or Guys, what? I'm so excited that you were able to be on our journey on Tuesday, May 28th, <laughs> when Amy and I realized we are best friends. <laughs> it's a new revelation. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to answer your question of okay. whose season I want to be on. My question is a little bit different for you, okay. but same players. Great. Of Nick, Ari, and Crystals, I would – oh, Jesus. I, <laughs> I hated Nick with the passion of a thousand sons before he was The Bachelor. They tricked me mm-hmm. for, by giving him a great edit when he was on Bachelor in Paradise yeah. to get excited about his season. So Nick is out for me. So now we're down to Ari Lewandyke and Chris Holes. Pre the hit and run. Pre the hit and run. <laughs> I was also and excited. Manslaughter charges. <laughs> I was also excited for both of their seasons. I wasn't disappointed at the end of Chris's as much as I was with Ari. And especially because Chris picked the girl I liked. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, now I know that both of them are dickheads, but on pure attraction alone, Chris Holes. All right. All right. You'd be okay with that laugh of his? <laughs> the, the, of the choice? No. But the choices you gave me, this is the answer. Right. And I showed you my work. <laughs> I appreciate that. You didn't just go to the back of the math book and see 17 <laughs> and just write the answer. Right. So I actually have a villain bachelor Mary fuck kill. I already know my answers, I think. Great. So the, the I picked the three villain bachelors. Yes. Um... Nick Vile, Ari Lewandyke, and Juan Pablo. Mary fuck kill. Go. I'm going to have sex with Juan Pablo. <laughs> preferably in the ocean, because I know he likes it there. Claire seemed to enjoy I'm that. I'm going to murder the shit out of Ari Lewandyke. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. And I'm going to marry Nick Vile, only because I have seen him on recent episodes of different podcasts, and he has actually been really cool, and I think he is the winner when it comes to the him and Caitlin Bristow yeah, she drama, Caitlin was a bachelorette and he was on yeah. her season. He kind of acted like a douche at the end when she didn't pick him, but this chick cannot keep his name out of her mouth. And she it cannot. has been years. She was engaged. She was no longer engaged. She's redating another person from Bachelor and she won't shut up. And he's like, about li- him, about, about him. And he literally called her and said, you have to get a new joke. Do something. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I could be down. All right. Oh, my God. We're so weird. (laughs) I found that conversation enlightening, though. Yeah. And especially after, I mean, talking about abortion rights last week, I needed a a breath of a fresh bachelor. It was like the sorbet palate cleanser in a meal. I felt good. An aperitif, a digestif. Yes. Something. But so... 
we didn't do a podcast pulse last week just because it was so heavy, like you mm-hmm. said. So this week, we want to bring you the top three podcasts from the TV and film genre. A genre. And seems then, to fit our Totally. Theme, right? And the number... Yeah, don't hit the computer. Sorry. The number one right now is the Chernobyl podcast, which is like a recap podcast about the Chernobyl miniseries that's currently airing on HBO. Yeah, so I'm not watching that series, but if you are... This um, is, it looks to be produced also by HBO, so there might be some insider stuff, maybe some yeah. deleted scenes, so check that out. Um, number two in the TV and film genre this week is The Rewatchables. Um, I think that I had listened to one or two of these before, like when we were trying to, po- uh, when we did a an episode about like our favorite movies and how they made us feel, uh-huh. that one. Oh, yeah. Um, but I haven't listened to them in quite a while, but essentially it is film buffs, who get to talk, get together and talk about movies that they can't stop rewatching? Cool, so that's fun. I mean, that sounds like that's like, like a, me with the spy starring. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it's like a nostalgia for great film podcast. Are you? I'm maybe not great film. Maybe I'm, in shit film. I, I don't saying, know. Are you saying the spy? <laughs> not like a Turner classic movie. I'm not putting down the spy. I know you love. So then, speaking of movies, Eli Roth. We think he's a horror genre director, mm-hmm. has the history of horror uncut, coming in at number three. Yep. So it looks like he gets pretty big names to guest, like well, yeah. Stephen King, Rob oh, Zombie, yeah. you know, big names in the horror movie genre to come guest with him and talk about just the genre. I don't think they, like, recap movies so much as mm-hmm. they talk about, like, cut, you know, stuff about horror. I'm not a horror fan, but if you are, check out Eli yeah. Ross' History of Horror. All right, so to round out this episode, of course, we're going to give you some of our favorite pop-ups from the week. And Amy, I see your notebook open, but I got to ask if I can go first. Absolutely. So in the vein of reality television, sure, I found a new podcast this week. Okay. Uh, but before I get started, yes. Amy, if I were to say to you, mm-hmm. Nancy Joe, this is Alexa Nyers calling. <laughs> Alexis Nyers calling. I know where this is going. This is very insular. You have to explain to the rewinders, but I know where we're going. And are you excited? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what pod we're talking about, yeah. but I know the story. So, guys, back in the day, um, in late 2000 aughts, if in you aughts, will, in yeah. the aughts, there were a couple of bored high schoolers in the Beverly Hills, Hollywood area who robbed a bunch of celebrities and called them the bling ring. Yes. And there's a great Sofia Coppola movie about the bling ring. Yes. And so um, one of the girls, Alexis Nyers, was part of that bling ring. And whilst she was on her burglary spree with some friends, her crime spree, she also happened to be filming a little show called Pretty Wild on E! Yes. With her mother, her sister, and a sister friend. Like a girl. like a living friend. A living friend whose mom kind of like... Ditched her at the house. Gave her up. So um, The Cut, one of my favorite New York Magazine websites, Mm -hmm. um, on April of last year, published an article called, I think about this a lot, that Bling Ring member's voicemail (laughs) meltdown. (laughs) So what we see on this show of Pretty Wild is- Which I remember this vividly. It's so amazing. Alexis Nyers does an article with Vanity Fair trying to share her side while filming this reality show and going to court and- Alexis took umbrage with the fact that Nancy Joe, the writer of this article, said, I believe that the title of the article is actually called The Culprit War Stilettos or um, Louboutins, The Culprit War Louboutins. So in the article, it mentions that she wore six inch Louboutin heels. And to which 
she cries to Nancy Joe in this voicemail is that Who's they a were lawyer. <laughs> no, she's a writer of the article for oh. Vanity Fair. That she was wearing little brown BB shoes, like two-inch BB shoes. It was so stupid, but it was one of the greatest moments in reality television, this crying, mom screaming in the background. Well, things that we apparently did not know is that Alexis was smoking opioids on the daily when she was doing this in high school. (laughs) And now Alexis Haynes, nay Nyers, is hosting her own podcast, Recovering from Reality. So she started this podcast to normalize the struggles many people face and provide a platform where guests get real real about overcoming their traumas. So she is now seven years sober, married, mother of two, and um, really talks a lot about her um, parents' divorce, how she was molested as a child, how mom was very hippy-dippy and smoked a lot of pot, and Alexis fell through the crack. And her and her friends would smoke crack and Mm -hmm. really got hard into drugs. And that's how she got into the bling ring because she was so drugged out of her mind. She didn't know what Mm. she was doing often. And so, like I said, you get to hear the story about how she's kind of come real far. That voice, though, is still real deadpan and kind of like dead behind the eyes, which is great. But I'm bringing this up to you because on episode two... The reunion brings together the cast of Pretty Wild. Oh, wow. And you hear them talk about what it was like to film, what it was like to film while drugged. Uh-huh. And they basically talk about that voicemail that we love so much and how the reason that girl was crying and screaming is because, yes, her mother was yelling at her mm-hmm. in the background. Production kept making her do it over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And so they talked a lot about how they thought that the producers had no empathy for them. And just didn't. <laughs> yeah, reality show producers literally can't will lose their jobs for having empathy. Exactly. Have you seen Unreal on Lifetime? Like you should. they don't care. So it was just so funny hearing them be like, you know, well, that wouldn't have happened if that producer actually had any sympathy for what I was going through. Like, but they job. didn't. That's not their job. Not their job. Not their job. Toads. Like the jailman doesn't let you out of jail when he feels bad for you, <laughs> right? He's got a job. He's to a do. job to do, and these people had a job to do, and it was bringing us. One of the most iconic voicemails, bits, of all time. voicemails and bits from an e-reality show of all time. I'm sure she will go into more other podcasts and topics about sobriety and living a healthier lifestyle. But I was just jazzed to see an entire episode about Pretty Liars or Pretty Wild. Yes, yes. Amazing. I had something teed up for my pop-up and I'm throwing it out and doing something else today because I listened to a fantastic podcast today. Um... I have brought this up before. It's the podcast You're Wrong About. Uh-huh. Where they basically debunk... I'm sorry? You're wrong? <laughs> I'm, you're wrong? I'm sorry. Um, they debunk, like, tribe, tribal knowledge. Oh, not tribal knowledge, but, like, I don't know. Um, pop culture knowledge that we all have about a thing, but we actually misremember it. For instance, the last time I talked about this show, I told you the real story of Amy Fisher. Yes. Remember the Long oh, Island movie, yes. Like, we all think we know that story about Amy Fisher shooting Joey Botafuco's yeah. wife because um, she was crazy in love with him. But this podcast, You're Wrong About, goes back into the details and sorts things out and and um, sets the story straight. I it's Mandela-esque, but there's a real story. There's a real right. thing. It's about how the media and everything yeah. convolutes. Cool. Stuff. So I listened to their episode this week, You're Wrong About Exorcism. Now, we've talked about exorcism on this show before. Yeah. Because um, we talked about 
things, stuff you should know. Yes. And there was an exorcism episode. But we talked a lot about how it's included in like Santeria culture uh-huh. and you just exorcism around the world. I don't and I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got, got no, no crystal, crystal ball. ball. But anyway, this is they focus primarily on exorcism in America. Okay. And basically, it wasn't happening until the movie came out in the 70s. What? So, yes. Did you watch that? I don't know. I don't watch horror movies. I already said. Oh. That's not for me. <laughs> but I know the story. I know she her head spits around, spins around, she vomits She does some things with a cross. Right. It's real upsetting. Um, oh, yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> um, anyway, so basically here's the deal. So the book Exorcism, or The Exorcism, came out in like the 60s. And it was actually based on a true story from the 1940s. Like, again, though, in America, especially in Catholicism, yeah. exorcism is was not popular by at all. In fact, the Vatican really looks down on exorcism. Yes. And I do remember in the Stuff You Should Know podcast, they talked about, like, in America, if you call a priest to have somebody exercise because you believe that they have demons in them, you know, the church really does make you do a couple therapy sessions mm-hmm. first. And, like, there's kind of an evaluation in the bishophood of, is this the true only course of action yeah. um, to try to exercise this person. And that's incredibly rare because of those, like, checks and balances. Yeah. Um, but in the 1940s, there was this, like, newspaper article written about this kid that was acting up, and a priest decided to exercise them, and it worked, like, on a dime. And then they kind of did this weird road show where they would, I'm using air quotes again, let the demons back into the child get on a train and go to some town, to some, like, Catholic um, uh, congregation, perform the exorcism again. And so basically this kid's acting at this point, right? Yeah. And be like, see, it works, which feeds into to later. Stay with me. And then this news article was written about it in the 40s, which caught the attention of the person that wrote the book, The Exorcism. And then in the 70s, it was made into the movie that okay. we all know. But truly, the, the, the article and the book didn't catch nearly as much attention as that movie. Yeah. And the way in the 1970s and the 1980s, exorcisms in Catholicism shot up can, must be directly correlated to that 1973 movie. Yeah. So, for instance, um, if you think about the, the 60s and 70s and the 80s and how there was really no true mental health available uh, for people that had, you know, challenges with their mental health, they, it seemed like a good, easy way out. Like, I don't have to do anything. Or their families would think, you know, we don't have to go through this long process. One of the big ways that they did do therapy back then was, like, memory uh, recall. You know, they would get get the patients, like, if you're having these problems, there must be something that you're repressing. Yeah. You know, hypnotize them and try to pull out this memory and then deal with that. And now we know the human brain and memory doesn't actually work that way. Yeah. And, in fact, those people will just kind of make up memories to Mm -hmm. make this therapy stop. But with an exorcism, it was so like, oh, you just have the priest over. We're going to perform this thing. The demon will come out and you'll be mentally sound again. And if it doesn't work the first time, we'll just keep Keep doing it. So... While it was, the Vatican still came out and was like, hey, no, we really don't support exorcism, there were these, like, rogue, like, and or fake priests who would sell your family an exorcism. So if you have somebody severely mentally ill 
and you don't know what else to do, you're going to go to the back of the paper and yeah. find an ad for and a priest to perform an exorcism and come over to your house. And um, to this day, it's, I didn't know that exorcisms were still going on. Really? But she said to this day, it's incredibly important. Or not, but, <laughs> but um, incredibly it still happens, basically. Okay. And it also, it did spill over into the Protestant church. Oh. Pentecostals, uh, most especially. And so the Pentecostals are like the Tammy Faye Baker yeah. and the, what's her those husband? Eyelashes. Yeah, those eyelashes. Her husband was John Baker, whatever his name was. I but, really know her. you know, like those traveling mega yes. churches that would hold those, come to the front, and be oh, touched yeah. by the preacher and fall down, you're uh-huh. forgiven kind of things. Like, because of exorcisms becoming so much more popular and then just kind of like satanic panic yeah. around it, how all of that was led to be, and really in America, that would not have ramped up if it had not been for that 1970s movie. That's insane because I also know that movie like ruined Linda Blair's life. Yeah. And a lot of other people on set. Like yeah. she's gone crazy, a couple other people. And here's the thing, they made that movie three times. There's a third. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched all of that. Well, well, there's the original. There's a second. There's a second, and then they. But didn't they remake it about ten years ago? Like remake that I the don't original. Know. I think they did with a new cast. Obviously not. Oh, Linda I would Blair. hope not. Just because like the lore around it is like nobody's well after it. Yeah. But yeah, they did three, and then maybe this would be the fourth. Then there's three that I watched. It, I'm it, not gonna it, get that time back in my life. <laughs> Just so you know, they weren't good. I really like this podcast you're it wrong about. It sounds so cool. Yeah, it's kind of on my, like, if I don't know what to listen to, I go find them. I'm digging it's it. It's like this show I've seen on the Food Network called You're Eating That Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's basically the same thing, Amy. All right, <sighs> have we exercised our bachelor demon? I've exercised my bachelor demon. I feel good. I feel cleansed. I'm ready to tell people I don't care. Where they want to talk to me about The Bachelor. It feels, it's as good as unfollowing somebody on the internet. Oh, girl. I still need some time. That's okay. Well, we're going to give you one week, and then we'll come back. Check in next week. And check in next weekend. Next weekend? Mm, You can do it. So, we'll be back next week with another topic and another question. Um, But until then, you can find us on all the socials at Podcast RWD. Mm -hmm. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your priest when you're not getting an exorcism or anything like that. But most importantly, do not forget to be kind and rewind. Bye, guys. Bye.